Welcome to It's Your Hormones, the podcast that delves into how your hormones affect every aspect of your life. I'm Dr. Sahar Rokhead. I've been a doctor for almost 20 years and I'm a GP who's been working with patients with hormonal issues for 10 years. Each week you'll hear from a patient of mine or someone I know with hormonal issues who will share their real life story for you to learn how hormones can affect your mood, energy, sleep and quality of life and most importantly, what you can do about it. Today's episode of It's Your Hormones is with Rebecca, who shares a frank and honest conversation about her menopause and how it affected her, and most importantly, how the journey changed and how she feels now on the other side. Let's dive straight in. Hi, Rebecca. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sahara. It's nice to be here. Thank you for coming. So we're going to talk a little bit about the work we've done together and hopefully the improvements you felt. But I thought it'd be nice to maybe start with a little bit of background on who you are. Yeah, no, so I'm 54 of Greek Cypriot origin, but born in England. So lived here my whole life, um, studied, you know, went to uni, then did um, barrister exams, then worked in a like a stockbroker's, got married in the meantime, um, worked for a few years, loved it, then decided to have children, um, and then once I had my first daughter, just realised that my job, as brilliant as it was, couldn't do that and have a, a child and be around much. So I stopped work and then had about three years before I had my second daughter. And it was all brilliant, but with my second daughter developed a postnatal depression and then got over that, then went back to work, which was great. And then um, a few years later, after a few miscarriages, had my third daughter. And yeah, and since then, I haven't really worked. I've kept myself busy. I love going to the gym. I do courses, like to socialise. And also, it's like a full-time job with three daughters. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> so yeah, so that's been... My, my periods were... Um, I remember as I was growing up, periods were quite painful, that was quite a big part of my uh, late teens and early 20s. And then the miscarriages were painful. But, you know, everyone goes through stuff like that. So um, um, then went into menopause at 49. And that's when we met. Yes. <laughs> yep. So when we met, it was actually May 2017. I, I looked it up to make sure on the dates. Yep. And you came to see me because you'd had no periods, I think, for about three months before I'd seen you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you had also consulted a, a couple of other people before I saw you as well, right? Yes, that's right. And I hope it's okay to say, but you, you came to me in a bad way, I would say. <laughs> Sorry to bring no, that up. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> it, it was, it was terrible. So my period, so I had my last proper full period because my periods, like I said, from when they started, they were pretty bad. They were very heavy they lasted the full seven days and they were regular as clockwork. But they were also very, I was very affected by, uh, it's not menopause, I'm forgetting now what it was. Like PMS, premenstrual terrible, syndrome. Terrible, yeah. It got better as I had the children. Mm. Um, so, but, and yeah, and in my 40s it improved. Um, so my last full proper period was in the February of 2017. Yeah. And then... So I was completely unprepared for March yeah. when I didn't have a period at all. 
there was no spotting, there was nothing. And um, and then I remember one night going to bed. It was kind of early to mid-March. I went to bed and I woke up thinking um, I had a kind of really nasty flu because I I was almost sick. I had a fever. I didn't know what was going on. And I believe that was the start of it because following on from that night, I was okay, but my sleep started to... That was the first thing I noticed, my sleep. It started to reduce. Um, so... Just to give you some background, my entire life, I've been a fantastic, I've been very fortunate, I've been a fantastic sleeper. Oh, okay. I could literally put my head down and that's it, and sleep through the night, even if I'm stressed or anything. And then from then on, I noticed, at first I was waking up easily at 6am, which was fine, because, you know, I would get up around then to take the kids, but normally you put the alarm and everything. And then... Gradually, over a few weeks, I noticed I was waking up at five, even if I went to bed at midnight or one in the morning. Then it was 4 a.m. And that's what started to worry me. And then I started to get at the odd, what I didn't realise was a hot flush. It was very little. Um, so I realised that something was going on, especially when I had no period. Um, yeah. So I went to my gynaecologist who did some blood tests. He said, it sounds like this is what's happening. Because of your age, it's probably... Went to him, he did the tests, they came back. He said, yes, you're, you're now in perimenopause. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty painful to get my head around because yeah. I'd, I'd had no kind of warning. Yeah, it just happened quite suddenly yeah. for you, right? That was it, there was no... No, no intervening period. There was no spotting, nothing. Um, so then I, I had a friend who'd been going to a clinic, and and she said to me because I've always been very sensitive with medication and everything, I could never take the pill, use the coil. So, she said, why don't you try bioidentical hormones? So she recommended a clinic. Um, the only problem was that it was it wasn't a proper clinic as such. It was more a desk in a shared office with an answer phone and a receptionist who was there very little. So you either left voice messages that it took a while to get back to you or emails. Um, but I persevered and eventually I got an appointment and um, I went in and they prescribed the oestrogen and I think they prescribed some form of progesterone. But the issue I had with them was that they weren't listening. So I said to them, I'm highly sensitive. And I thought, I think they thought I was just being precious. So they said, you've got to take one pump of oestrogen in the morning, one at night. And I said, OK, fine. Um, and um, I said to them, they said, what are your symptoms? I, by then I wasn't, the problem was that by then I wasn't sleeping at all. I would get to bed at 11, 12, whatever time, however exhausting a day I'd had, and I was just lying there awake. And if I did sleep, I would sleep for an hour or two if I was lucky. So I went in in a very bad way to them and said, look, my sleep has stopped. I said, the hot flushes are getting quite painful. But I didn't really have any other symptoms. I had a bit of brain fog. Yeah. No, no depression which I thought would have happened because mm. of the postnatal depression um, that I suffered with my second daughter. I thought maybe that would have happened. It didn't. I was fine. They said to me, fine, start the oestrogen. 
So I put the oestrogen on that that afternoon and my hot flashes stopped immediately. Um, and because I'd got it in the afternoon, I'd only put the one pump of oestrogen. They said, start with the two pumps tomorrow. So I was fine that night and actually managed to sleep a little. The next day, I I didn't listen to them. I did one pump in the morning. And again, I actually slept a bit. The following day, I did what they said. And that night, I had palpitations, couldn't sleep at all again. The same happened for two, three nights. So then I rang, no answer, just a voice message. Then I emailed and eventually, two, three days later, they replied saying, you just have to persevere. That is what you're meant to be on. So this lasted for about two weeks. By then, I googled bioidentical clinics and found Omnia and found your name, googled reviews and heard that you were very good at listening, which they hadn't been. So I literally... and. It was a clinic, a proper clinic, a functioning clinic, not just a desk. I think from what I've heard from other people as well, some bioidentical clinics are literally a desk in a room with a voice machine. So I think that's something for people to be aware of. I'm not saying they all are, but it can, because you're so vulnerable and you're getting your head around the fact that suddenly you're in menopause, you need someone, I'd say you always need someone at the end of the phone. Even if it's just an answering service with a human saying, fine, we'll get the message. It's late now, but someone will call you tomorrow. So anyway, so I rang Omnia then and there. I think it was about four o'clock on a Saturday afternoon and someone answered. And I was practically in tears because by then I hadn't slept for about two weeks properly with any form of... Because I was I was taking this oestrogen. Um, so the girl was very sweet and she said, Dr. Rocket isn't here but I will leave a message and she will call you on Monday. So I said, I don't know how I'm going to survive till Monday. And she said, I'm so sorry, she said, but she's just not here anyway. So I called a friend of mine who's a scientist and said, what do I do about the oestrogen? I mean, she knew nothing about it, but she was very scientific and analytical. So she said, cut down the dosage and just take the morning one. Because it sounds like the evening one is the one that gives you the palpitations and stimulates and activates. So I did that. And, and so that's what got me through until Monday. And then you rang and we had a chat and you said, fine, come in tomorrow. Um, and my husband came with me because I was, I could barely kind of function. I remember, I remember it really well because he was kind of there as your advocate. Yeah. And I think to maybe ask questions that you might forget or or remember the information. But he was very much there as your advocate, I remember. He very said, supportive. Yeah, he said, because I could just about do the tube journey because that's how exhausted. And also, it's a very, as you call it, a journey. It is a journey. Yeah. And it can be a very traumatic journey in the beginning. At first, I thought youth is over and I'm... You know, yeah, it's it's the of, end of a chapter, yes. right? And yeah. you know, I've I've seen people before, and I've I've told them what their bloods show, and you know, they have a little cry. And yeah, it's not necessarily that you know, it's not even about having children necessarily, but it's about 
what it kind of signifies, I think, in life or the way we perceive things. I think it's how we perceive things because of society and And youth being valued and and all those sorts of things. Exactly. It actually can be a really new, exciting chapter once you feel better. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the key. I mean, it's been brilliant because already I was, because I liked the gym anyway, I was keeping myself quite fit and I ate well and... You know, so it, in that sense, it was fine. It was just this. The issue with me was the sleep. Yeah, because I I I, re, I took it for granted my sleep, and I because it's such a solid sleep that I have. Even five hours is fine. I don't need a lot of sleep because okay. it's solid. But because I wasn't getting that, because I've got friends who can't sleep much, but they've had it their whole lives. Yeah, so they're kind of used to it in a way. Yeah, and even then, it's a struggle. But they. You know, they they manage, but because I'd had this solid sleep, which my daughters have as well, mm. you know, it, you don't hear anything. You, there could be a thunderstorm outside. You just don't hear it. Sounds um, nice. I don't have a solid sleep like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, yeah, I mean, it, I was lucky and yeah. I didn't appreciate it. And anyway, so, you know. I think what's interesting to me is that you didn't have that premenstrually, and you didn't have that while you were pregnant or Never. after you had your kids. So it's like no. a completely new symptom that exactly. happened. Yeah. Because sometimes I I think personally, oh, maybe my menopause will be like my PMS, but <laughs> maybe it won't be from what you've said. <laughs> I, I'd say it's completely unpredictable. Mm. You never know how it's going to hit you. Yeah. Um, the more I speak to people, it, it can be anything. I mean, it, it's... It can be a health issue. It can be some people I know have nothing. They just carry on as normal. It just stops the period. Yeah, I don't Um, see those people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a real journey. But I, I think at the beginning of that journey, you have to have the right support and you have to have a doctor that's going to listen. Because if she doesn't listen or he doesn't listen and they're telling you what is the standard way forward and it doesn't work for you, it could be disaster. Because it's different to when everyone is young and taking the pill or the coil. That's very different to this menopausal journey. Yeah, I would say so from the people I see. I think that there is the sort of standardised treatment which you were put on by the other doctor, which was oestrogen gel, two pumps a day, and you were given the... Uh, body identical progesterone utrogestan to take at night but for some reason it just didn't suit you at the beginning and I remember you coming in being very distressed by it just feeling like you would never sleep again is this my life now (laughs) and I'd be like no no it's okay we will get there and we did bit by bit we did yeah I think what's interesting is that the dosage you're taking now of your hormones yeah. is not dissimilar to what you were started on in 2017. It just took us a while yes. to build it up slowly, didn't it? I think I don't. Yeah, I remember coming in and thinking you're listening to me, and because you know, and I and I appreciated it because I was really getting so. Because I think, how am I going to be an active, functioning person? Yeah, you're a mother. Yeah, you're a, a mother. Wife, you've got uh, your social life. You do courses. Yeah, you know. Um, so because you listened and you said, you know, but given your height, your build, 
Yes, it might be too much for you. Yeah. Um, especially, and I think you got the whole night thing where I said to you, I'm getting palpitations at night. I don't get them in the morning, but I get them at night. So you said, yeah, you know what? Let's just go with the morning then. Whereas they were adamant, no, you've got to do one at night, one in the morning. And I said, but why? And they didn't explain. They just said, well, you have to. That's how it's taken. Yeah. And then you said, no. You said, it doesn't have to be the case. So I think whoever whoever's suffering this, wherever you go, it's got to be someone that listens and that takes it on board and looks at you, not physically only, but as a person emotionally, mentally, intellectually, and says, okay, what does this person really need? What are they asking? What are they saying? And then, yeah, so once we came away from the meeting, I felt a lot calmer because I thought someone's listened. You know, my husband was like, are you okay now? I said, well, yeah, because she's kind of doing what I want. And obviously you guide and you say if you think, hmm, not sure, but... Yeah, I would you know. say if I thought something yeah. was really not right. But you see, one of the things I do with my approach is that I'm very much aware that I'm the doctor, yes. but you're the expert on you. Yeah. You've lived in your own body your whole life. I've met you for half an hour, right? How am I going to be able to know every single thing about you? <laughs> so if you're telling me you're sensitive and you can yeah. give me examples of that, yeah. then I can listen to that. I will believe you. You know, I think that's very important that someone feels not just heard, but believed. Really? Yeah, I think that's the difference. You've got to be believed and it's it's very personal and it's very dependent on what you're like, your ethnic origins, your genetics, your background. It, it has been a journey. Once the initial bit of the journey was sorted out, because I even went to my gynecologist after that and I explained everything. And he said, you know, before I would never have said yes to bioidentical, but I've seen women like you come in. At first, they're a wreck. They go on it and they're back to normal. He said, and they're functioning and they're active and they're happy again. So he said, I would say go for it, he said. Um, and you're very good at regular monitoring. So I think that if one chooses to take bioidentical hormones, then monitoring is quite yes, important. I'd say. So yeah. we do a blood test or some sort of investigation about once a year. Yeah. You see the gynecologist, you keep up with your mammograms. So you're very proactive in that sense as well. Um, I'd, I made notes, actually, and I saw you in the May... And you were better by the July. Oh, yeah. So it, it didn't was, take long. <laughs> no, because I'm I'm so sensitive. I always have been. So with me, it, I don't need a lot of medication and I, and it doesn't take very long. That's why I, literally from the first time I ever took oestrogen, the hot flushes stopped. So I was thinking I just need to get that sleep right. So, yeah. So, oh, no, I was a different person, I think, when yeah. I came back. It didn't take long. <laughs> yeah. Know. It was quite a very, it was quite a rapid change, yes. really, compared to where you were in, in May. Where I'm like, oh, God, this poor woman, she's really I know, struggling. I, know. And I remember we spoke on the phone, like, maybe every week yeah. for a few weeks yes, and things. We did. And then all of a sudden, by July, you were, com like, completely better. There have been a few ups and downs, but generally yeah. you've been stable, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I think the only thing... So we went away to Greece, uh, I think in the July or August. Yeah. And I remember just we got to the hotel, checked in, and it was my first holiday since I'd been in menopause. And I remember just that first night not sleeping at all. 
And the second night, maybe two, three hours sleep. And I said to my husband, oh, no, this is happening again. But again, you see, I called Omnia straight away. Someone answered. I think I called at night and there was a person answering. That that nighttime answering service is crucial. And they said, look, no one's here, but we've put the message through. Someone will call tomorrow. And they did. And then I said, I've got to talk to Dr. Rocket because they're like, fine. Um, and I think I had to wait again another day, but at least I knew it was booked. And then we spoke. Do you remember? And you yeah, said, I do. give it a few days. Because I said to my husband, I'm just going to fly back to London. I can't do this and ruin the holiday. You said, no, no, give it another couple of days and it should settle. Sometimes the first holiday might be a bit unsettling. And it was fine, actually. I just had to give it about four days and then something happened and it was much better. But I remember in those days, I'd say, I'd say to the kids, unless it's essential, don't wake me. Because it was a window of sleep. And once I was woken, I couldn't go. Now I can go back to sleep anytime. Yeah. But in those early days, I'd say, please, on that holiday, don't wake me unless it's an emergency. Because it's going to be an issue getting back to sleep. Yeah. So, yeah, but no, it was fine. It was good. So the oestrogen you take is oestrogel, which is yes. actually known as a body identical oestrogen because it's made by a drug company. Right. But the progesterone you take is custom made, isn't it? Yes, it because is. Because you just couldn't get on with the utrogestan for some reason. No, it wasn't working. Yeah, for you it just wasn't working. And the dosage you were given was fine, even by the other doctor, yeah. but it just didn't work for you. So no. I remember we went to a cream first and that didn't work for you. Yeah, exactly. So then we went to a lower dose tablet of 50 milligrams and that seemed to work a lot better for you, didn't it? Really good. Yeah. Even that first night, it, it worked and then it got better and better. Mm. And um, yeah, and since then I have adjusted. Yes, you have now. And you yeah. do take two now, don't you? It's one and a half One now. and a half, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At one point, I know... Because the other thing was there were a few nights in the early days where I think I had to take the maximum dosage. There were a few times where you took 200 milligrams <laughs> yes. because of stress or things going on yeah. in, in life and yeah. and you found that that worked well for you. Yeah, I remember you saying you can take up to, I think, four tablets. Yeah, or, which would be 200 milligrams. Yeah, yeah, so I did. and that And again, after about an hour, it got me to sleep. But again, I had that security blanket thinking... Okay, if anything goes wrong, I take four and then I'm fine. Yeah. So, so again, then my mind relaxed. And what would happen initially was I would just kind of, although I wouldn't sleep, I would, my body would relax. So it was almost like a semi-sleep. Yeah. And then I would kind of wake up in the morning not having been aware of how much sleep I'd had. But then mm. you said to me, that's usually a sign you've slept yeah. at some point. So, again, that was all very reassuring. Um, so I think it's crucial to have, well, for me anyway, crucial to have reassurance and a security blanket and someone at the end of the phone yeah, and easy access. I think it's also worth saying now we only really see each other every six months. Yeah. So at the yeah. beginning, we, we saw each other a lot and yes. we spoke a lot and then things have eased off. So I, I remember saying to you a few times, you know, I, I trust you. I know what you're doing with your hormones. Yeah. I know you're very in tune with your body. I know you'll give me a call if there's a problem. Yes. So I feel like it's a dialogue rather yes. than a, a doctor telling a patient what to do. 
we kind of listen to each other. Yeah, which is really nice. Yeah, because initially it was like, you know, I want to see you maybe next month or yeah. you know, two weeks. Or I think it's for your reassurance yes. as well. We'd see each other more frequently so we could keep a good check on everything because you were yeah. so worried about going back to where you were at the beginning. But now it's a couple of times a year, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. initially I needed that support. Yeah. And also it was... Because I think, okay, and, and I remember having a few questions in the beginning whenever I'd go back. But you did say to me, which was also good, the more you use them, the easier it will get and your body will adjust. And I noticed it starting to happen. So, yeah, so then I remember the odd phone call where I was worried and anxious. And then, yeah, twice a year. But then it's funny, as I start to get close to the appointment and I see my stock running low... That's when the anxiety starts. I think, right, I need to go. I need to have it checked. I need more estrogen. I need more progesterone. But it's fine. It's not like yeah. the anxiety in the early days, yeah. you know. It's yeah, and you keep a check on my holiday diary, right? Because yes. I always let my patients <laughs> know when I'm going to be away. <laughs> That's brilliant as well. But yeah, it's a dialogue. And I know I can say to you, mm, do you remember when you said, I think you might need tes testosterone? Yeah. I said, I really don't want it because you said it'll affect sleep. And you listened. You didn't say to me, no, you have to. You just said, okay, fine. Yeah. Um, I gave you options and then it's up to you which yes. options you choose to take. It's not, I'm, I'm not like you have to take this and you have to do that. My aim is to get you feeling well. Yeah. So if you're feeling well, whatever yeah. way we've achieved that, and to do it safely, of course. Yes, of course, with monitoring. Yeah. yeah. And you go for a regular scan of the womb and ovaries. And, Always. And yeah. you keep up with your mammogram. So Everything. And we, we check levels and things. So we're doing things in a, a safe way for you as also, aren't we? Yeah, I think if, if you're going to do this, it's got to be done very safely because it's a whole balancing act of checking what's going on inside in terms of, you know, the what's happening inside the womb and also... Because I've understood that it's linked. And if you don't balance the oestrogen and progesterone with the regular checks, then things can't be monitored properly. So every year and a half I have mammogram, I have a smear, I have a consultation with the gynaecologist twice a year I see you. I think if it's going to be used, it's got to be done safely so it can be monitored properly. Yeah, I think the two important things is monitoring and doing the, the regular investigations yes, that are needed. And also the open dialogue. Definitely. So if something changes or something happens, that I'm aware of that. Because yeah. if people don't tell me something's changed, I can't adapt to it, obviously, or, or support you with it. No, well, you can't then kind of help properly because if you don't know... Yeah, so, if you don't know the yeah. full situation. So really, you should only see someone you feel comfortable with enough to, to tell them what's going exactly. on, you know? Because it is, it's a very personal journey and you need to have a doctor there who you're, you are comfortable telling anything to. Yeah, because we talk about a lot of personal stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. have to feel, I always think that first consultation, you come in, meet a stranger who asks you all sorts of personal questions that you haven't told anyone about before. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's a, definitely yeah. A, a relationship. I it think is that's a relationship, important. yeah. But yeah, and it's it's been really nice because I know I can always pick up the phone and say, I need to talk to Dr. Rocket because there's this or then that. And the girls are like, sure, no problem. Maybe she can't do today. She can do tomorrow. We've booked you in, done. And then I know it's going to happen. So it alleviates a lot of the... Well, it, it's made the whole menopause thing, you know, a much nicer journey 
if that sounds... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, one of the things I always talk to new reception members about is that it is quite a stressful time yes. yeah. and we have to be you know, receptive and what may not seem like an emergency to you can seem like an emergency. So don't yes. minimise those things. So I think that's very important as well with everyone who's They're involved in your They're always very good. Always. Good. You know, if you say, look, I've really got to. OK, fine. Yeah. OK. We can book you in, you know, right now. There's no hang on or whatever. Yeah, they so, work hard. They're, they're good. <laughs> yeah. No, no. And it's a proper clinic. Yeah. That's the big difference as well. So... I feel like even though we're still on treatment, we do our monitoring, we've kind of come through the other side. I, I hope so. I mean, I know you did say it's unpredictable, you know, in terms of... so, but And also, I think with hormones, it's not like before, you have to work with them and not yeah. take them for granted either. Yeah. So as well as the monitoring, you have to, I think, probably eat better, exercise more, just walk more, just make more time for yourself so that the hormones have a chance to do their job. Yeah, that's actually brilliant advice. Thanks for sharing that. It's just what I found because I've always been so sensitive. Uh, so when I was about 30 and I had my second daughter, actually I was 32, I started to develop a lot of uh, bloating and not feeling well. And I consulted a doctor and it was that I had candida. And I discovered that I had lots of different allergies to things. Um, so I had to come off dairy, I had to stop caffeine. So I had to really understand a lot about myself. And I realised just how sensitive I am. I, I can't have sweets. But I think that helped prepare me for menopause because by then my diet, you know, I do have cake, I can eat cake and I I love, you know, chips and things like that. But I, I drink a little bit of alcohol, not much. But it did help prepare me. So I think because I've always been so sensitive, I have had to monitor what I eat and do. And yeah, so I think if you make more time for yourself, then maybe the hormones can work a bit better. Yeah, and I would agree. I think that if you're making lifestyle changes, then you probably see more improvement and obviously you're quite in tune with yourself which I think also helps so if I'm asking what's happening because you're quite in tune with yourself you can tell me yeah so I find that really helpful okay. as well that's yeah it's just I think you just have to be more aware of yourself once you're in menopause because if you're on hormones but then you know you're a heavy drinker and the heavy drinking isn't working with the hormones then cut back a bit if you can so that the hormones have their chance to or you know whatever it is it could be anything yeah um, everyone's so different I think it's probably the same for women at most different stages of their life other than when you're in your 20s and you're so resilient oh yeah <laughs> but yeah I think the more you can be in tune with what's going on and how different things affect you what you eat you know does it affect your sleep yeah you know caffeine um, exercise. I think the more we can be in tune with ourselves, I think the the better the results we're always going to get in all areas of our life. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, I have a personal trainer who I've had for years and she told me from years ago, um, if the body is um, fitter, it will handle menopause a bit better. Not necessarily for everyone, but it, it just gives you a bit more ammunition. So... Again, that was quite good advice. 
and she got me running, she got me doing. So I think that's helped because even in the days when I wasn't sleeping, I would run a little or whatever I had energy for. And again, that just helped keep me sane until we sorted out the whole medication. So it's just... It's just things to be aware of that sometimes don't occur to people or didn't occur to me until I was in menopause and thought, thank God, I'd kept fit and I'd watched what I ate because in the lowest days it was still helping a bit. Yeah, that's really helpful. So before we wrap up, is there any other advice you'd share with women going through the same issues as you had in the past? I think think what I'd say is that When I started menopause, I met a few people. People always want to give you their opinion of medication, of menopause. And I had all different opinions and advice. You know, some were like, go on the HRT now, start it now, because it will help improve your life if you're struggling like this. Others would say, you don't need it, it's all in the mind. Others would say, oh, come on, you know, toughen up and maybe you're depressed again. Uh, from your postnatal depression. I said, no, that that's very different. I said, I've had it, so I know what it's like. I'd say if you're struggling, unless you're really against HRT, which I know some people are, try it because what you want to do is enjoy the next chapter of your life, which it is. It's not, it's not that it's downhill and you're too old to do anything. You can have as much fun as before, but you just might need a bit of the medication to help you. Maybe try it. Give yourself the chance to see how you are on it. And if it doesn't work, stop. And you can always stop. And if it does work, in my case, it just got better and better. And I, you know, I function now like I used to function, um, but without all the hormonal ups and downs that I used to have. So just, yeah, just just be kind and listen to your body and think, you know, if I need to, I'll try it. If I don't, but again, it's very dependent on the person. So just see how it goes. But don't be put off by some people who are very against it. I respect their views. But if you need it, give it a go. And you can always stop, you know. I think that's really good advice. And something I noticed when you came in and throughout the whole journey that we've had together is that you you very much advocate for yourself. And I think that's really important for women in menopause where they sometimes feel a bit unsure of themselves, maybe they've lost a bit of confidence, but to still advocate for yourself and for what you feel is right for your body. Yeah, I mean, it's very easy to lose confidence at this stage, especially when you're in the state I was in, especially at the beginning when it first hits you, you know, oh, I'm in menopause now, (laughs) oh my God. But yeah, you just, I think you just, my mother gave me good advice. As soon as I told her, she said, go on HRT because I did and it was great and they she was taken off HRT at the age of 60 up to then she was very energetic very youthful after that she she did age I remember but in those days I think they weren't given the option to say okay you can stay on if you want um yeah and the guidance has changed now so I think that's now. great for women it's empowering for women yeah so she said go on it and stay on it if you can Because if you're like me, which I think you are, you need it and just have it and just go on with life, you know, because it will just give you energy and keep you young. Yeah. So that's I think you have to listen to yourself and what you need rather than what everyone else around you is thinking. 
Definitely good advice. And thank you for coming on the show and being so open and honest. And No, thank you. I'm sure it's going to help loads of women. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Rebecca shared an open and honest account about her experience with menopause, how it was a shock and how she had to see three doctors before finding the support she needed. Fortunately, there has been more training for doctors about menopause since 2017. So I hope that there will be less women having these experiences going forward. We talked about the importance of being heard and listened to and finding a practitioner you can trust. I also loved how Rebecca touched on how menopause can seem like an ending, but with the right support, it can be a new start of an exciting, vibrant chapter in a woman's life. We also talked about the difference between bio and body identical hormones. Both mean having the same chemical structure as the hormones your body can make. Body identical is the term used for those hormones with the same chemical structure but are made by a drug company and bioidentical is the term made for those hormones which are custom-made. Rebecca takes a combination of both. Her oestrogen gel is made by a drug company and her progesterone tablets are custom-made as she couldn't tolerate the ones made by a drug company. Custom-made medication is known as unlicensed medication, which means it is not the recommended dosage or form that the Medical Regulatory Health Authority advises. Many medications used in the UK are unlicensed, such as the COVID vaccinations when they first came out. But as long as there is a good reason to use them and the patient is aware of this and that there are licensed alternatives available, and importantly, the prescriber knows how to manage it safely, this is okay. You're allowed to have choices about how you take your medication, as long as you're given the right information to guide you. Rebecca is aware of this and keeps up with her regular screening and checks to make sure she's taking her hormones in the safest way possible. Finally, I think Rebecca gave some great advice about lifestyle changes and being mindful of things like diet and exercise to help the hormones take better effect. I completely agree that the best menopause treatment isn't just taking hormones, but looking at everything holistically. There's more information in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in this week to It's Your Hormones. Join me again next week to hear more real-life stories about how hormones can affect you and what you can do about it. See you next week.